Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today, we have in the studio Ron Kripe, Tom Meyer, and Tyler Marker, Director of Marketing and Professional Development at Zudan Management Group. And I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. So, Tyler and Tom and, and Ron, here's how I want to open up our conversation today. So, you're, you're sitting in front of the CEO of your company, and you have 30 seconds to convince them that a uh, hybrid approach to development is superior to an online-only approach. How do you address that to your CEO? I would be very straightforward and say, uh, I'd make an assumption. And my assumption is culture is important to you. As a senior executive, culture, the culture of your company is important to you. When we think about culture of any organization, it's not the building. It's the set of relationships and the quality of the relationships inside that building. And if you're willing to risk that, leave that to chance by creating development, staff development opportunities that force people to interact with a screen instead of each other, then have at it. That might be the right solution for you. And if you're in the kind of company that is very transactional, and the culture is about something other than the relationships, and you can decide what that is, that might be the right solution. Mm-hmm. If you are concerned about culture, if you're concerned about not losing people, if you're concerned about keeping the good people that you have, and you think development needs to be a part of that, then part of that development better be giving them an opportunity to interact with, learn from, and build relationships with each other. I would, again, make the assumption that as the CEO, you are data-driven. You are numbers-driven. You are bottom-line-driven. And you understand that as a company to be successful, we need to have a positive ROI. In order to achieve that, we need to make sure that we're managing expenses. And where is one of our highest expenses that we have? Our recruiting. Mm -hmm. We spend, and I would make that assumption that that company spends an absorbent amount of money on constant turnover or a higher turnover than than they would like and are allocating a lot of expenses and resources to a recruiting, especially in today's uh, employee market. Uh, That being said, what are the ways that we retain employees? High pay, of course. Once you get someone, though, to an economic comfort level, money's no longer their motivator. Mm -hmm. What motivates Mm -hmm. them to stay at the top of their game and to stay within your company, AKA reducing your recruiting expenses, is there a learning pathway for them? Is there a promotional pathway for this individual? Can they grow within this company? Is there room for continual professional development? Are they challenged? Are they heard? Are they recognized? So if we want to affect our bottom line in a positive way, we invest in our people and that is done through relationships and that is done through in person or a a hybrid approach. Okay, so so you both made a good case for offering in-person development either as part of a hybrid program or standing on its own, um, especially if building relationships is crucial to your company's success. So, Tyler, can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing at Zidane, especially in terms of professional development? Professional development is part of your culture. Sure. And culture is a huge undertaking. And that's one of the things that I've been tasked with at our company is to establish 
a structured professional development program Mm -hmm. and within that enrich our company culture, particularly as Zidane Management Group, we are rapidly expanding by every metric, both Mm -hmm. in terms of asset procurement and acquisition, uh, dollar amount in which of our assets are worth and that we manage, our number of people that we manage and are bringing in. We're You're be, trying to expand in a tight labor market. In, in a very tight labor market. And this is not an employer's market. And with the baby boomer generation on the cusp of retirement at this point, they are currently still the single largest uh, demographic within our workforce, that is soon to dwindle. Mm-hmm. And who is the second largest demographic and generation in our workforce? The millennials. Not to be overshadowed by our Gen Xers, but by sheer numbers, uh, millennials are the second largest, soon to be the largest. What are their core values? We as millennials, Gen Z, and I think a great number of Gen Xers, Mm -hmm. we view our money, our time, not so much as transactional. I don't give you so many hours to get my paycheck. Mm -hmm. We don't view it that way. I don't spend my money and buy this product and I get that product. What do we view our money and time as? An endorsement. We view our money as, I'm buying this product because I believe in this product. I've researched. Simon Sinek. That's right. I believe in what this company does. Yep. And cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Companies are being canceled left and right because of their perceived and ethical dealings or that their values don't reflect that of their customer base. Uh, Same with employers. My time is not transactional. I personally, and this I would say is a, a overarching uh, theme of our generation, I am not just giving you my time to get a paycheck. I am giving you my time because I want to make a difference. I believe in what your company uh, supports and believes in. And I, being a millennial, we want to be successful. I want to promote that. I want to promote that. I want to believe and sell what I'm doing that because we don't view our time as transactional, it's all the more important that a company not just tick that economic comfort level, which does look different for everyone, but also that I'm going to be developed, that I will be able to grow in this, make an impact, be challenged, be recognized, and be able to grow my expertise within your company. If I can't do that, I will fall into that. I'm going to be with you for three to five years. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're getting out of me. Right. If that. Right. Um, I see it all the time. And I think we see a lot of trends right now in that great resignation. We're not developed. I don't have a promotional pathway. There's no room for growth in my company. And I'm stuck. I'm stagnant. And I see hybrid work environments. I see where my, in other companies, they're being promoted. And I want that. In development, we we teach people how to be good mentors and role models because that's a part of this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a study years ago that I found really fascinating where they said, okay, I'm going to give you two scenarios and you tell me which one you would prefer or move in the direction of. One is you've got more money than you know what to do with in terms of salary and a horrible manager that does not know how to develop you, does not know how to form a relationship with you, could care less about you. The opposite is you don't have enough money, but you've got a great developmental manager. You've got Mm -hmm. somebody that believes in you and supports you and is willing to invest time and energy and talent in you. Which do you pick? Mm -hmm. Every time they pick 
the manager that inspires yes. them and develops them. Even if it, even if that is at the cost of pay, of pay, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. And we're no. not, and we're seeing that play out again mm-hmm. in the Great Resignation. People are saying basically in a thousand different ways, "Don't waste my time." Yes, we don't need studies to support this <laughs> fact, but meaningful work cuts across all generations. Yeah, absolutely. Well that, well, that that was one of the things I wanted to comment on. I think we get so caught up on the generational ideas that quite honestly, a lot of it isn't so much generational as it is stage of life. You know, I think back when I was 20, I wanted the same things that 20-year-olds want today. But I'm not 20 anymore. I'm 60-something. So my wants and needs have changed, not because of the generation I'm in, but because of where I'm at in my stage of life. Sure. Right. Well, and I think, too, I'm in my 20s. I'm in my late 20s. And I would certainly say up till recently, money was my largest motivator Mm -hmm. because my economic comfort level had not been reached yet. And I really recognize this when I hit mid-20s, 25, certainly 26. I want to do more. Mm-hmm. I want to be right. recognized. I want to be able to be promoted. Um, you know, I've worked for some excellent, excellent companies, but one of them in particular, I left because there was no room for growth, not to their fault. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have that position available or created. It wasn't just part of their organization. And I wasn't being developed for that. So, so question for you around that, it, mm-hmm. would, would it... Truth telling time, yeah. right? If you so there wasn't a promotional path for you, or there wasn't a next role for you to walk into. Right. What if you'd had the kind of development opportunities to to you know that we provide at Indiana Apartment Association, like mm-hmm. Sal, or if you had a really good mentor that could honestly have that conversation with you and say, "Hey, Tyler, we don't want to lose you. You're valuable to the team. We don't have anything right now, but hang with me. What What are your development goals? What do you want to learn? What can I help you support? Would you have stayed, or would you? Would it have been a, you know, it's not the. I don't have a place to go in an next role, so I'm out regardless. That would have gotten me to stay. An extended period of time, at some not forever, not forever, because at some point there needs to be proof in what Correct. what they're saying. But I didn't get that experience in yeah. the company. I had a phenomenal leader at that company. Yeah. I am still very close with them today, um, and and we still work as colleagues in our in our industry, and I'm very thankful for that. However, <laughs> due to just the size and scale and, yeah. and the needs of that company at the time. Uh, that position wasn't possible and I wasn't being developed. And so had I been developed, had I had a mentor that sat down and had that conversation with me, absolutely, absolutely would have stayed. Yeah, it's not a silver bullet, but I tell managers this all the time. You've got to have conversations with your folks. Mm -hmm. You have to to learn how to have that kind of development conversation with someone. And, you know, they don't learn that by logging in and, you know, reading an article on it. So, Tyler, Tom just talked about the importance for managers to have those development conversations with their employees. Would you share with us a little bit about your first few days as Director of Marketing and Professional Development at Zidane? Day one in my new role, 
I had an immediate team that I was over as the director. Um, and with that, I immediately asked them, what are your goals? Where do you want to be? And I took them out to lunch one-on-one. This was not a, I did not take them out as a group because I wanted it to be very one-on-one interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. and asked each of them, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? What role would you like, even if we had to create one? And how can I give you responsibilities to help build that skill base? Mm -hmm. Um, Case in point, um, I'm going to go back a couple employers at Pierce Education Properties, another property asset management company, specifically in student housing, phenomenal company. I was the leasing and marketing director at a particular asset, oversaw a team uh, of 11 uh, employees there uh, of leasing consultants. Those were predominantly students. So so how can I, and they're of all different backgrounds, all different majors, Sure. how can I play to your major skill set and provide you with actual experience so this is not just another college part-time job for you? Right. And so, for example, uh, one of my community assistants is what they were called. Uh, he was in graphic design. Hmm. At Ball State University, perfect. I needed lots of graphic design for that for our marketing efforts. Uh, we got subscriptions to Adobe uh, Photoshop and all those different uh, elements that he would work with naturally mm-hmm. in the industry that he's going into, and he created those for us. So that by the time mm-hmm. he was done, he had a portfolio. And then what happened? I was one of his references. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a uh, fashion design major. Now you'd think, oh, how on earth does fashion design and apartment leasing go together? <laughs> but we had promotional items. I had apparel items that I needed designed. Um, mm-hmm. Not just apparel, but I had all kinds of promo items that needed to be designed. Oftentimes, an element that you would wear or, or use within, yeah. within yourself. Logo wear. Absolutely. She designed that for me. She cool. designed that. So what we did was we played to their skill set and what happened that young man is still in the industry now with a phenomenal company cool that young lady is starting her own business in this industry and she with some context to start that business with some context and she followed us though when my, myself and the manager there had to move on to another property mm-hmm. she wanted to come with us wow. cuz we developed her relationship we kept her going relationships and relationships. i'm coming across that now um i moved once i moved from that company to the apartment association had to move to indianapolis i was walking down the hall of my apartment community i run into one of my previous leasing consultants and i say oh my gosh are you living here i'm you know how are you how have you been oh, i'm the assistant property manager here <laughs> and 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 we worked with her very diligently on uh, while she was a leasing consultant, so that she ins- we inspired numbers of people, and I can keep bringing up clients or uh, of employees in my regions all across the country with that company that I worked with and mentored that are now in our industry. They're my colleagues now. Yeah, and I'm so proud of that because we developed them. Well, thank you, Tyler, Tom, and Ron, for another interesting discussion. And thank you, Tyler, for the the past three episodes. They've really been enlightening for us. So please visit us at our website, www.equisconsulting.com, to learn more and to leave your comments about today's discussion.
All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.